Why, hello there. Can you hear me? This is a little strange, isn't it? I'd get used to that if I were you. It'll only get stranger from here on out as our curious tale unravels. Welcome, fellow wanderer. Before we set off, a little housekeeping is in order. Firstly, am I in your left ear? Am I now in your right ear? Jolly good. This is important. Please, be careful, will you? The path can get a little tricky underfoot at times. Watch where you're going. Take care with your surroundings. And do feel free to pause this tale whenever you so desire. If you wish to catch up on the story or catch your breath. We're in no rush. Do try to heed the instructions you will hear in the tale. The outsider, she is there to walk with you. And who knows what might happen to those who stray from the path. You have a map, after all. And what are maps for, if not for following? And finally, take a moment to ground yourself in the here and now. Feel the hard stone beneath your feet, the air around your skin. Stand beside the old parsonage that once belonged to the Bronte family and stare down the lane toward the village. The past doesn't feel quite so far away, does it? Time is porous, permeable, and sometimes things slip through. We ask you to step back with us to the Howarth 1823. Are you ready? Now, without further ado, Obscura Theatre, in collaboration with Ilkley Literature Festival and the Bronte Parsonage Museum, present The Wild Hauntings on the Moor and this particular tale, The Dream of Death. Listener, I want to tell you a secret. Something I've never uttered aloud before. Since arriving here, plucked from across the dales to this bleak little nook, I find myself plagued by the continual vague expectation that these are my final days. There is no so specific to put my finger on, but a feeling lurks at the back of my skull, buried there in the soil. A wretched, festering, mould-like notion I cannot shake nor stare at directly, only around its periphery. And then, last night, even though I know it to be impossible, I truly believe I saw myself standing out on the moor, 
a glimpse of my own end. In that moment, I was certain. The abyss, mouth agape, with my spectral remains standing upon the tongue, my death came to visit me. Tis a curious thing to dream of death, even when waking, and, since that encounter, my restless mind so fixates on these days and weeks ahead, I find the only suitable tonic is to walk, and walk I must, to anywhere and nowhere in particular, a solitary ramble on the moor till my mind is clear again of such worries, except, inevitably, nightfall bids them return. I wander as a sleeper, no command of foot nor mind, some intangible thing pulling me onwards, beckoning me out there. Say, listener, can you feel it calling? The violent invitation of the wild. Dare we answer and venture into its open arms? I wonder if you would join me a while, two lost souls brought together by strange circumstance. If you're truly even there, for shame they must think I suffer derangement, a paroxysm prattling on to myself with such morbidity. You found my map, I see, with its ominous black border and its scrawled places, only some of which I recognise. Given to me by the wise man of Howarth, old Jack Kay, a funny fellow indeed, proclaiming, in fact, that a wayward breath of wind brought it right onto his lap while he was studying the stars father says only fools believe a word from his lips i suppose he offers answers for those who need them better that than the unknowing of what tomorrow's dawn may bring i don't know what to believe anymore i wander lost lucky that i have a map we ought to follow it firmer answers a sense of surety these things i hope would assuage my condition rid me of my endless torments come down yonder lane, towards the church and the graveyard, before the morse log sets in and we cannot see beyond our very noses. Off we go. Our journey begins at the place where most come to an end. Try and count the gravestones, the sea of slabs, frozen ebb tides of remembrance, a parliament of rooks haunting the canopy above, watching over both this world and the other. Life in Haworth is to brave the ghosts. This is an uneasy place, an out-of-the-way place, a village on the borderland. We weave the thin furrow between civilization and the wild, lighting candles to ward off the dark, huddling around inn fireplaces to spread our tall tales. Some may say I'd fare better heading down the pub for sour ale and good company but I can't stomach four walls and a roof, nor the brazen assurances of presumptuous men. My soul requires time out there, among the heather and the hills, an infinity of space to stretch my legs and let the wind breathe through my bones. I'll feel better afterward, I hope. Come now, through the gate, on your right... Find a spot, somewhere here. Grip the wrought iron fence. T'was not my intention for this to be a tour, but it would seem unbecoming to wade through death without sparing a moment or three for reflection. 
the stink of it clings to my nostrils. The air is thick with other stenches too, many it would grieve me to think on. An ill wind carries all those horrid colours to me and more beyond portents. Certainly stranger visitations have been whispered of. Many say the village is rife with gloomy guests. Bodies on top of bodies on top of bodies beneath my boots. I suppose it only makes sense that they too should like to stretch their legs. I would not deny them the pleasure. But when the floods come, oh, how that misadventure threatens to become a reality. I cannot help but to wonder if these stone slabs will be enough to prevent a tide of corpses rising up. Oh, the very thought turns my attention to the water in the wells with some disquietude. One would decidedly prefer a cloudless alternative to the murky liquid on offer, given the choice. But choices are seldom available to us folk. I wonder, before last night, of course, if I ever encountered a spirit here, one without my realisation, rubbing our shoulders against the other side. There is talk of spectres who would wish mortals harm, and I should suspect it troublesome to tell the difference. A word of warning before we tread any further. If you hear a barking, then heed my advice and avert thy gaze. Turn and flee this place, or rather throw thyself into the mud and bury thy head till the pack has passed. Woe betide whomever meet the guy trash, that terrible nightmare. <sighs> I'm being daft. A superstitious disposition is something many inhabitants here embrace with surprising alacrity. Am I part of that flock? Perhaps to not be so is irrational. That house over my shoulder. See it there, with curtains drawn. The parsonage. Death has come knocking on its door already. I feel for the children. Death being their most constant childhood companion. Apart from their housekeeper, of course, teaching them to play with fairies. To be so playful in the bare face of death. To still believe in fairies when those close to you have passed takes a greater courage than I could muster. I suppose if fairies were to be found anywhere across this English rock, it comes with scant surprise that West Yorkshire be among those chosen lodgings. Mayhaps they dwelled here long before us and watched with curiosity and consternation as we built our homes on theirs. edge of the graveyard. Movement? A creature? A, a shape? A shape as dark as midnight? Something stalking betwixt the stones? It draws nearer. Man or beast? Or neither? Or both? Another worldly entity. Preta canine eyes burning, glowing like coals, fixed on me. A harbinger of... of... T'was my own talk of endings, mayhap, that summoned such a fearsome presence. I should not have spoken its name. While endeavouring not to think on it, I fear I think of nothing else. I'm sorry if I woke thee. I beg of thee, let it not be my time. What is solely a shadow... A figment of an overtaxed mind, sapped and wearied, too readily influenced, too easily led down the garden path to peculiar destinations. 
Did you see anything? Pray it be a church grim protecting those who lie sleeping in the soil. At time we rallied onwards, quit this sea of death, through the gate and onto the lane beyond, out onto the moor. Come, hurry now. But remain vigilant. We may encounter it yet. Or something stranger. Does the gate still creak? Some things are slow to change, yet others... Cast a look. How close indeed the wild lurks to humble civilization. Where does one end and t'other begin? That shoulder of green, an arm reaching across the land, the hand that beckons with fingers of grass and heather. We plot our path through it, erecting walls of stone and moss, as if they could forestall that great green beast if it rose and set its designs on us. A part of me longs to see that day, a return to what came before, before we became so brash and comfortable in our dominance. But mortal progress marches ever onward. Tis possible to see the silver smoke of industry over yonder hills when the wind breathes just right. Lurking monsters of brick and iron. Cities sprawling outward, swallowing folk with the promise of work and community. Out there the clock ticks on ever faster. A new world birthed before the old one is buried. Ugh, I tire to think on it too long. Say, is it worse to leave or be left behind? Wouldst thou prefer to meet death or thy own self out on the moor? Perhaps there is no comparison. The two are but opposite sides of the same tuppence piece. To be left behind can become a kind of walking purgatory when there appears no rhyme or reason as to when or who or why. I wonder... How it comes that I do not keep my counsel on such matters, but utter them to the more. Perhaps it's because my words shall be smothered by the coming thunder, my troublesome questions hidden within the storm. What a storm it is. Banshees swelling and then dying again. A lungeous howling. What a mighty voice it has. What immense lungs. See how it bends the trees, heaving crooked limbs. Am I yet another plaything for the wind to toss hither? At some stage soon we must turn right, up, up and out, leaving the last vestiges of civilization. Take a deep breath, ready yourself, and be afraid. While I have your ear, I shall tell you my tale. And pray you believe me. The sighting, yesterday eve. Bend your ear and listen, I shall tell thee only once. T'was gone dark when I saw the figure. Yet another sorrowful night. A sky of black hearts and miserable spitting. A gruel lingering over moor and village alike, the heaviest of haars unsettling the most familiar of shapes. I happened a glance towards my window to spot the moon or the stars and wonder what old Jack could scry from their winking when my eye was drawn by movement. 
through the thin pane, rendered mere inches high by distance, was a figure striding across the moor. Indistinct at first, a space in a portrait where a person should be. They would walk, then stop, then walk, then stop. They would stare at something in their hands. Their traversal was a doodance, crossing here and there, as if unsure exactly which course to take. As they drew nearer, their countenance becoming more definite, I saw their lips were moving, as if they were talking, even though they were alone. I watched in earnest for an unknown period as the visitor, be they worldly, awesome, wayward spirit, embarked on their enigmatic quest. All the while, that pit in my stomach grew and festered. The figure was myself. A future spirit, like those spotted on St. Mark's Eve, here to present me to my end. If I watched any longer, I was certain it would reveal how broken limbs, pallid face, twisted neck, I pinched myself as if that would rouse me, but of course it brought only the sharpest awareness that this was no nightmare. I shut the curtains, bolted all the doors, the sight had shaken my very foundations, and for the rest of the night, till that face of darkness was stained with the pinks of morning, I paced and paced my chambers. Oh, strange portents indeed. The figure and the phantom hound each come to warn me from or lead me towards the end of the dream of living. It's as if the tall tales themselves are walking, coming right up to knock on my door. I should not have opened it. Best to leave it shut. The land beneath my feet doesn't feel quite so solid anymore, nor the sounds in the trees quite so innocuous. I fear my disturbed mind may translate their meanings and that they speak just for me. Gasping, sobbing, giggling, waking noises. The great green beast is rising. The ghosts walk the moors. The landscape is riddled beyond mortal understanding and still I stride out into the unknown. Foolish, foolish behaviour. I should have brought my hat. I must turn back, rip apart the map and force these visions from my soil. I must return home, covet its safety and shelter, pace the edges of everything I know. The warmth of the pub, the echoing promises of the church, and yet... Are you coming? Up I go, towards the wild. I am coming from my out-of-the-way place to beyond the border, and here lies the moor. That wild stretch of beautiful melancholy. A woven blanket of purple, grey, shattered. I should have brought my hat. <sighs> These aren't my words, though my lips have spat them out. And there's a song dancing through my head. It tells me it's an old song, though I know it not. <laughs> walk. Walk. Walk and walk I must. I answer the call.
Do you see that path? The middle path, winding on and round, but not quite over the hill, out into the green beyond. That is where we must head. I know it in the bones of my feet, and hasten I must, for the air has taken on a particular chill, and the storm feels eager to gorge the sky. Oh, this land, it has a heartbeat. I hear it plain. I wonder if I dug deep enough, I could find that precious organ, press my palm against it. I wonder what other secrets lie nestled beneath these tired feet in the soil and clay, buried with the worms and the bodies and the whispers. This land carries memories like stories half interred. How many have ventured out here? wandered their way along this path before me, boot print on top of boot print. How many others have answered the call? Perhaps no one is ever truly alone up here, not least with the spirits that linger from out of time. Which way did my ghostly figure go at the coming crossroads? What were they seeking and did they find it? I speak as if these events have occurred already, but once again I am greeted by the notion that I witness matters yet to come. <laughs> if you are lost, I will find thee! And if I am lost, then at least we will be lost together. Whomever am I prattling to now, I wonder, as if shouting loud enough will carry my voice through the veil and across the years. I will walk with thee! What do you wish to tell me? Are these my final days? Am I tortured by unknowing? Are you even out there? A shift. A fluctuation. As if I have passed beyond a threshold, one invisible to the mortal eye, a second moorland, one lurking beneath the skin of the first. And ahead of me, striding out of nowhere, there, a figure, same as before, indistinct, distant, for there is no glass between us, no sturdy house with sturdy walls, no curtains to close, no doors to bolt. If thou be a creature from the other world, pray have mercy on this troubled soul. And if thou be a vision of myself, of my end, I should avert my eyes, but I must know for certain. My feet carry me forth. I cannot stop them. Strangled by possibility. Walking asunder. I... Who are you? They draw nearer. That curious sight, shoulders hunched, bearing a weight, hither and thither, with the gait of one not adjusted to the lumps and dips and bogs, stricken by a melancholy, but a determination too. Nay, this figure could not be me, is not me, but that does not hinder the pull I feel towards them, kindred spirits, do I walk as they walk? I know the land well, but my shoulders rest still high beside my ears. My spine contracts as if I too bear some great burden. Wander right into the very heart of the wild. I must follow you. 
There are those tales of visitations that lead unwary travellers off the beaten path to their doom. Cruel that this one comes in such a friendly form. I know not if I should trust you, or bury my head and wait for the storm to pass, but it is as if they bear witness to my very heart, the one at the core of my landscape. Time we had it on. The figure turns. See how it so easily turns its back on me, as if it knows now exactly where it must go. Another crossroads, another choice, onwards, onwards into the wild, further from home. The great green beast is rising. Rise with it, on its back. Fine then, strange companion. I will follow thee. Two Two souls souls lost lost together together for a time. As I study them, I can't help wondering what brought them here. Such an out-of-the-way place. And yet they, well, the longer we walk, the longer the sensation grows in me that they are as much at home here as I am. Or old Jack Kay, or the family that moved into the parsonage. Not an interloper, but fellow local. A companion indeed. Beyond that, they are no ghost, not in the way the frightful stories render them. It's as if we are ink scrawlings of people on either side of a piece of paper held up to a candle flame so both can be seen, even though we are separated by the years. What is it like, this forthcoming land you walk in? Is there still a wilderness to venture into? How quickly the transformation occurs around us now. I cannot even imagine what comes next. I thought I would be more afraid, considering time beyond my passing. But to have someone here with me, even if just in spirit, in the chaos, there is beauty. And it is foolish to mourn an event before its passing, I suppose. A waste of precious time. It takes another moment for me to realise we are not alone. There is someone walking behind the figure. They have been there some time. Always, perhaps. A woman. Older. Their faces sharing great resemblance. But oh, how she is different from my figure. Diaphanous. Only there, in certain lights, a grey lady. But this gloomy guest is not so gloomy. She smiles. Countenance written clear with pride. A mother and her child, perhaps. Watch as they stride on ahead. Watch as they sit beside one another and the mother rests her head on the shoulder of my curious figure, making so comfortable what others may think only as hard, cold stone. I shall not disturb the sight. It is one I hope I remember in times long since, bringing comfort when I... (gasps) What? Is that a horse approaching? A rush through the grasses. A thundering. Nay, it is too fast. And it makes frightful, wretched sounds. Half beast, half storm. 
thought I should call and warn the seated pair, but they are gone and I am once more alone. Fear passes through my head, staining like ink. Oh, I can no longer breathe. If I turn, I know what sight I shall see. The guy trash coming for me once more. It tried once and I should have heeded its warning, but alas, I persevered and now I shall receive punishment for straying. A message from the other side, ferrying a missive, particularly for me. Not long now, it will say. Soon all shall be laid bare. Oh, I dreamed of death till it became a waking nightmare. Oh, what's this? Another sound. That of bog water, river-like. My boots. How long have they been so sodden? And heavy, too. I find I cannot walk as swift as I would desire. My flesh feels as though it has been wasted away, lungs festering. I cannot outrun it any more than one can outrun fate. Inevitable uncertainty. No, I shall not flee. No longer. I shall not bury my head, but turn and face the beast. Come then, if you must. Yes, I am afraid of you, but that does not mean I will grovel nor alter my path. I will stray from the path if I choose to. I will seek solace in the wild melancholy and I will keep on walking. How its eyes burn, its teeth glisten. How its fur is black as a foul river flooding at night. How? No! No, I face you still. If you are to eat me, then eat me. If you are to run me down, then do so quickly, but torment me no longer. I blink. The guy trash passed right by me, through me perhaps. See it there, cantering across the moorland. Two spectral figures, mother and child, they too stand and watch it diminish, side by side, greeting the monster as one would a familiar companion. And then, the guy trash is gone. And then, shortly after, so too is the older woman. She fades rather than vanishes leaving the suggestion of an outline in her wake. Oh. 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 I have found my breath again. My feet too. My soul has breached and fractured, cracks expanding to allow in an infinity of space, letting curiosity bury itself in my soil. That desire that there is more out there than we could dream of understanding. I am afraid. I am lost. I am uncertain. And I keep walking until I reach a point that feels perfect. A perfect place where I may stand tall. Look around. In this moment, stand at the highest point, clambering upon stone if one must, 
and cast one's gaze out across the lithograph scenery. There is something, right here and right now, a precious thing that cannot be snatched from my grasp. For while I live, I live here. With this, I know where I stand, on this very spot, and in this very moment, I live still. I met the guy trash on the moor. I faced it, gazed into its eyes of burning coal, and my heart continues its beating. My feet continue their walking. My mind continues its wild journeys. Flee from uncertainty as from a serpent? Nay, long to draw near, let it bite thee. Give yourself over to the wild. Become lost, even if just for a moment. There is so much out there beyond ourselves. And this land itself, how it beckons to be explored, but knows with a wink that there are debts to its being that shall always remain unfathomable to mortal minds. Is this not what makes it beautiful? Oh, look out there. Is there a better place to lose yourself? I know not when my moment shall come, but until then, I shall not grieve. Perhaps it is not so frightening after all, but quite correct that we do not know. One never turns to a novel's final page to peek at its conclusion, but embarks on a natural journey through it. Hope may be found in the surrender. And, I suppose, if I must draw my story to a close sooner than I should like, I do not fancy heaven, but returning here to wander. Not an end, but an epilogue, a tall tale passed down through the lips of strangers and the mouth of the moor. Cast me back, I beseech you. Let me be lost for a while more. And who are you, dear listener, I should suppose, haunting me out here from whatever uncertain future time, even further than my curious figure? You have walked with me while in dreaming, listening long, listening well to all my assorted prattlings and have remained yet silent. Perhaps it is time for you to tell your tall tale. Where will you wander next? The wild calls for you. It waits for you yet, for when you are ready. Rise with the great green beast and walk. There will be dangers aplenty. Be afraid, but face them. Then, when you reach your final pages, take solace that death is but another dream to be roused from life and to walk in wherever comes next. We came from that place once, and back again we must inevitably return. I have stolen quite enough of your time for one day. I must bid you farewell. Though... As I wander onwards, if your path was to weave alongside mine, I would not begrudge the company. There's enough land to share. Search for me in the rustle of the purple heather, in the rippled smile of the horizon, in the heartbeat beneath the moor, a figure in the dream of the landscape as it carries us across its back, one figure amongst the many. Welcome to Howarth. 
a haven of ghosts. And then, when you must go and we part ways, leave the door open. I think it's better that way. I like the view. The Wild Hauntings on the Moor, A Dream of Death, was concocted by Obscure Theatre and commissioned by the Bronte Parsonage Museum and Ilkley Literature Festival in a collaboration marking the festival's 50th anniversary and the museum's Year of the Wild. Directed by Beth Knight, written, composed and sound designed by Patch Middleton, produced by Emily Hunter Alton for Obscure Theatre. The Ofcumden was played by Olivia Sweeney. And I, Adam Sargent, have been your trusted steward, unlatching the door to what lies beyond. I do hope you step through again, fellow lost soul. Look after yourself. Stretch your legs and your minds. Oh, and there is another tale to tell of hauntings on this moor. You would be most foolish to miss out. Make your way to Ilkley and find the details on the websites of Obscure Theatre Ilkley Literature Festival or the Bronte Parsonage Museum or you can follow the QR code on your map. The Wild Hauntings on the Moor is part of Sound Landscape, a walking audio theatre series by Obscura. Keep your ears peeled for more whispers in the dark. <laughs>